0: Yep. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host Jeff,
1: and I'm your other host Jake.
0: Dude. Dude. So one thing I wanted to start off by saying, uh, I think we uh, he needs an honorable mention, um, but Paul Allen passed away.
1: Oh yes. We can't. We as two Blazer fans, we cannot have a podcast without. Yeah. Without paying homage.
0: I honestly, I was a little sad. It kind of bummed
1: me out. It w- dude, it, it caught it caught me off guard. Me too. Yeah, I was listening to Sports Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaac and Sook on 1080 The Fan. Right. And they're talking about the Oregon-Washington game, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're like, oh my gosh, like breaking news. Wow. Uh, and then like you never hear th- anything like, you don't expect to hear anything super crazy. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, paul allen died whoa and it just like it caught everybody off it just literally caught everybody off.
0: yeah so i was napping because i work sunday mm-hmm. sunday night so i was taking a nap before work sunday and i woke up and uh jen's cousin cj texted me and it was a picture of like of paul allen with the years he lived and i was like no way and i looked it up and i was like whoa
1: only 65 yeah
0: super young and i didn't get too bummed out or like I didn't realize how emotionally it had affected me until I started talking to Jen about it. Yeah. And I started, like, feeling things, and I was like, whoa, like, this, I'm actually kind of bummed about mm-hmm. this. Did you read that article I sent you by Ian? No.
1: No. I was, uh, you, that was the <laughs> one you sent me today? Yeah. Yeah, I, I opened it. Oh, okay. Like, I got, like, I read a little bit of so it. So he's a comedian. A, he's
0: a comedian from Portland, grew up in Portland. Okay. He's a Trailblazers fan, but
1: he writes about the death of
0: Paul from a, a Trailblazer fan's mm-hmm. point of view. He did a really good job. Yeah. Um, so, because tonight is the season opener, mm-hmm. they're going to do some kind of tribute to him. Um. And Pinwheel Empire reposted a comment of a fan, of a fan's idea of what they should do. And I thought it was super cool. And if they do it, like, if I was in that arena, I w- it, it'd be hard not to, like, get choked up. But the fan's idea was they're going to do a moment of silence. I, I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. So this fans idea is super cool. It, it would be so awesome if they did this, but they usually black out the arena, mm-hmm. darken it, yeah, and have one soul spotlight shine on his chair under the hoop.
1: Oh, where his where he always sits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that would be epic. That would be super cool. Um I mean, you know, rest in peace Paul Allen. It's a bummer. He's been a great owner since 88, obviously invested. <laughs> Sometimes had his hand too much in the cookie jar.
1: Yeah, I mean we can all have our critiques of how he's ran the franchise, right? But at the end of the day, he saved the franchise in Portland. Yeah, I mean Seattle was was leaving, right? Um, the the he bought the you know, he owned the Moda Center, right? Um, Rose Garden, right? And if it wasn't for him doing you know doing yeah. that and investing his own money, I think I read Jason Quick, mm-hmm. um, who's now with the Athletic, um, said that Paul Allen like lost like a billion dollars buying that well, yeah his his whole investment like investing he didn't, he in didn't, that yeah he didn't make money on the blazers right, like right. he lost he'd had a net billion dollar loss yeah but he loved the team like right. he loved the sport and people said like growing up in seattle like he loved this the supersonics yeah um loved just general genuinely loved the game which i think you leads to him you know you know thinking he he can be a part of the decision making yeah. process yeah and he loved sure. the draft and um I think one a former player. I think it was who it was. Anyways, there was somebody I was listening to. Mm-hmm. They're saying like, you know, you could you could anytime you met with him, um, he was asking about X's and O's, and he would always so want crazy. he would always want like game film, like he would like really? to break down game film Whoa. and stuff like that. So it's just like, I mean, just was a was an amazing guy, mm-hmm. and it, it's too bad. It's a huge loss for the city. Right, huge loss for the sport of basketball. Right, and it
0: it was really cool for me to see all the. I like I liked seeing the past players kind of say something about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think the the most heartfelt message was from Lamarcus Aldridge actually. I didn't I, see that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to find it. But he, I liked the the things that he said. Um, Batum said something. Um, I saw Wesley Matthews. Yeah, said I saw something. Wes's. Yeah, uh, I think Jamal Crawford said something. Oh, that's uh, nice
1: of Jamal, like who only played pretty right. one year, That was kind of a. Not um, a great year, but yeah, it was nice of Jamal.
0: And I really liked seeing the other organizations reach out and say something. Yeah. Um, mad respect to those organizations who I, I always appreciate when people recognize us as Rip City mm-hmm. and not just like the Trailblazers organization. Yeah. I think the T-Wolves said Rip City, which I thought was cool. Did they? Yeah. Um, LaMarcus said, Paul Allen will never be forgotten. He was a great owner, an amazing leader, and a truly wonderful person. I'm forever grateful that we got to share so many great memories together. His passion and dedication will be deeply missed. My heart goes out to his family and friends. So, yeah, I thought that was cool that, of him to really say cool, that. That's
1: really cool, Marcus. Yeah. Um, he still sucks and I hate you always, but <laughs> that was nice of you. Um, uh, miss wish you were still on the team. Yeah,
0: for sure. So, uh, had to had to talk about Paul. Um, again, rest in peace, but thank you for everything you did. And now we'll see where this team goes from here. But yeah,
1: man. I mean, I think I think ownership right now passes to either his sister or the Vulcans. His sister
0: said no. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't want it. So the Vulcans, the Vulcans are gonna, who
1: yeah. have been on Paul out, like advising Paul Allen to sell the team forever because yeah. they, you know, it's a waste of money. They're looking to sell. I think They're, they'll sell. Yeah. Hopefully, it goes to someone who is going to keep it in Portland. Right. So, yeah. It's although it's a pain. The NBA, the, the, all of the major sports leagues have made it incredibly hard for sports teams to move. Right. And if right. the Sacramento Kings didn't get relocated, yeah. I don't see Portland yeah. being relocated. Oh, it would be... It would be heartbreaking.
0: Dude, the city would... It would be a riot, dude, for yeah. sure. Uh, we'll see. I don't like it being up in the air, but I mean, Dame says, you know, let's dedicate this season to him. Let's play like we mean it. and. hmm
1: I mean, that's always good to hear. If maybe he's that's got if a motivation. If, yeah. Every time, uh, you know, Dame, I always kind of liked it when Dame would get snubbed from the All-Stars. Right. Because, like, he'd always say, like, just another log on the fire. Right. And then he would go out and ball out. Yeah. Like, post uh, All-Star break.
0: LaMarcus Aldridge always did that, too. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but, like, whenever he would match up, the T-Wolves would be in town, and mm-hmm. he'd be matching up with Love. Oh, yeah. He was a hometown hero, mm-hmm. you know? He they would always talk about how soft Aldridge is in comparison to love and Aldridge would get so mad and he would just destroy love every time he Mm -hmm. came to Portland. So, yeah, I always appreciate a little bit of stoking the fire. So if that gets his team motivated, it sucks that we had to lose somebody for it. But I mean, in his honor, go win the championship, boys. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go do it. (laughs) Uh, One thing I wanted to mention real quickly is tonight the exhibit opens. For the oral history project that I've been working on for the last year, um, so come out to the Clark County Historical Museum and listen to some stories and check out the exhibit. Um, I'll be there. Are you going
1: tomorrow? I have to work four to eight.
0: <laughs> well, today technically.
1: Well, it's oh today because <laughs> we're releasing this tomorrow. Yeah. Um, four to f- I have to work four to eight. Oh, uh, okay.
0: You're a hater. I know. Um. Well, anyways, if you're not doing anything, come check it out. It's super fun. Um. It's been a lot of work, long time coming, so check it out. Um, one other thing I wanted to ch- touch on real quick before I get into this nonsense that I have here. Um, have you seen Ozark on Netflix? No, it, that's the one with uh, Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you watch Breaking Bad?
1: I watched the first season.
0: Oh, okay. You didn't like it?
1: I, it just it was a, when I started watching it. It was a time in my life where I was watching How I Met Your Mother and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I just, it was one of those shows that just, I liked it, right? but it just wasn't good enough to keep my attention when there's a lot of other things pulling my attention. Yeah. Nothing against the show. I've heard it's good. Right,
0: right. I love it. It's a great show. We just finished the first two seasons. They're working on a third season now for Ozark. Um, It is dark. Ozark? It is dark. That's
1: How is it with Jason Bateman in a dark role?
0: (sighs) He's so good. Really? He's so good. Because
1: all I ever see him in is kind of goofy, kind of goofy roles. Mm Mm-hmm. He
0: uh, he's kind of a hard ass. It's kind of cool. He's very calculated and meticulous, but he's very just like, I don't know, just watching him scramble to try to keep things together. It's super good. Um, okay, but it's dark, so I don't know.
1: I'm kind of I'm in the mood for a gritty show. Yeah, it's because Game of Thrones doesn't come back on for yeah. If you, another six yeah, months. yeah,
0: you should check it out. Okay, try it out. All right. I will say, uh, I was talking to another guy at work about. it. I was like, hey, if you haven't seen this. And you you like Breaking Bad or you like those kind of dark shows, you should check this out. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then the next day, yesterday, he's like, hey, um, so I went and stopped by my mom's house the other day, and she was watching that show. And I saw the scene where blah, 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 blah happens. And I look at him, I'm like, uh, I don't know that scene. Maybe... It hasn't happened yet in my show, but I don't know what you're talking about. And I only had three episodes left, so I'm thinking maybe he was watching the wrong show. So I'm like, well, anyways, you should check it out. It's super dark. I think you'd like it. And he's like, cool. I finished the season last night, and it comes up to the part where he spoiled it for me. Oh, no. And I'm just like, and Jen's like, what's going on? And I said... I know what happens. She's like, "How?" and I told her what happened. And I went to work today. I'm like, "Dude, you spoiled that for me. I didn't know that." And it started happening in the show. And then I was like, oh, "Okay, this is what you were talking about."
1: Yeah. So. See, I have sympathy for somebody who doesn't like spoilers. Right. Getting a thing spoiled. Right. But I, it's hard for me to give full sympathy because personally, I don't. I I like things being spoiled. Yeah. I, you're I, the worst. I, I'm I'm weird. We um, talk- How I Met Your Mother season two,
0: crushing it.
1: Yeah, isn't that a great, so isn't, into that a, it. isn't that a great, uh, that's a great season. How I
0: Met Everyone Else, that episode, uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another one I'm starting now, right after that. I can't remember which one it was. Um, oh, when they're going through, uh, when Marshall and Lily are buying that place. And, and Doa Satripla? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, I still hate Ted, but I really like uh, Pretentious Flashback Ted. Oh, yes. Yeah, from yeah. college. He's great. Um, My
1: parents live in Ohio. I live in the moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, you keep saying, you know, I'll like him once he becomes a professor. So we'll see. But, you know, I hated on the show for a long time, but I am, ex- like I said a few episodes ago, I, I'm invested now and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where they go. And it's it's I'm getting laugh out loud moments, which doesn't happen often so okay. that's a good sign good 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 um okay so what i wanted to talk about today um i was listening to so tell Him steve dave is a podcast that i listen mm-hmm. to and they have um uh they were on uh, the guys some of the guys so it's some uh brian quinn from impractical jokers and then walt flanagan and brian johnson from a show called comic book men well comic book men got canceled so what Tell him, Steve Dave, the three of them s- decided to do was start a Patreon, which is like a paying service for podcasts and different forms of entertainment. So they've been making videos and other podcasts. So they have this side podcast um, with somebody else who works at the, the, the shop uh, Jay and the Bob Secret Stash, which is owned by Kevin Smith. So one of the other employees is Sunday Jeff because he only works on Sundays. Well, they started a podcast with Sunday Jeff, and it's called The, brand, the All-New Sunday Jeff Show. So I was listening to that because I do pay monthly for their podcasts. Oh wow! Uh, it's only five bucks, but I get all the access to True. all the the podcasts that they come out with. Um, anyways, so they were talking about this this uh, this this room, this service that you can pay for in New Jersey, and it's called the a rage room. Have you heard of these? No. So it's there's also in New Jersey. I think there's one in Chicago and then Georgia or something like that. Essentially. You pay to go into this room, uh, you put on, like, a suit with a, a blast shield mask, and you smash things and break them. TVs, glass, like, just all kinds of things, and you rage in this room. Huh. Yeah, so it's called a rage room. So I was listening to it, and they interviewed, like, the owner of the rage room, and they're asking him about, like, which type of people usually go in there and all that stuff. So... I, it got me thinking about different things and services that people might pay for, <laughs> so I looked that up. Oh and goodness! I kind of want to just pick your brain and, and kind of tell you about some of them, but also um, what you think. So I'll start with some of the, the lighter stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so right.
0: first of all, what do you think about a rage room? Like, is that something you would be interested in, or maybe would want to do?
1: I feel like that's something like right now, I if. Someone told me about the ra- you, you tell me about the rage room and someone was like, let's go do a rage room. I'd be like, uh, no, it's probably not for me. But you get me in that room. Yeah. And I break the first <laughs> thing. And then you just let like Wild Jake go. For sure. I'd probably like really enjoy it. Oh, I get, yeah. I'd probably actually really therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
0: one thing that they kind of talked about on the podcast is how therapeutic it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would imagine so, too. Um But I remember when I was a kid, we were moving um, and we were just getting rid of all this old stuff at my house. So my mom got like this small little dumpster Mm -hmm. and she was like, I don't need any of these like plates or lamps or whatever it was. And just smashing that stuff in that dumpster with my brother was so much fun. I bet. Uh, uh, So I kind of love breaking things. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm super interested in the idea. Um, From what the guys said on the podcast, it's super expensive, so I wouldn't. I mean, that would turn me away from doing it. I'd rather just go break something else. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting idea. So I looked up some other things, um, bizarre services that people kind of paid for. Um, One thing that I found was um, in Japan. So it's not just the United States. I looked kind of globally. But in Japan, they have an apology service.
1: What? (laughs) What is that?
0: So um, it exists for the sole purpose of apologizing on behalf of others for a fee, of course. Prices vary depending on the type of apology, face-to-face, email, phone, etc. And some apologies um, rely on blatant deception, a person pretending to be a parent or a friend to break up with a clinging lover, for example. By hiring an expert, uncomfortable and awkward situations can be avoided while ensuring a proper and professional apology.
1: I don't see how that would work. What do you mean? Well, I think the person is going to be mad regardless. Like they're going to be like, "You didn't have the balls to come, like, right to come For like sure. break up with me or say you're sorry in person." Mm-hmm. You had to hire somebody, so like, yeah. I don't see how that would. If you interact with that person in the future, they're still going to be probably more mad at you than they would have if you had just told them in person.
0: Okay, but what if what if you're mad at somebody and their mom like texts you and it's like, hey. Jake, um, this is Jeff's mom. Um, he feels really bad about
2: <laughs> what he did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, you could have done to have your mom text me, right? Because um, right. I mean, that's what be, it sounds like they do is they to pretend be to be weird. other people. It'd be super weird. Be so, I mean, I mean, I guess different culture. Yeah, for um, sure, that's a huge thing. Yeah.
0: I know that they're they're kind of like a private culture from what I've read. I don't know for certain, but yeah. this, I mean, kind of only reinforces those ideas. And
1: I'm sure like the parents, like with, I'm sure c- because like elders and like parents are so well, like st- are respected at really uh-huh. high level, uh-huh. I guess. And maybe in that society, yeah. um, like, having an apology coming from a parent would <laughs> yeah. have more weight to <laughs> yeah, it. So sure. it's hard. It's hard for me to yeah. like envision how that would be something you would want to pay for right. it, or even want to have happen. Yeah. But, Right. I think
0: you have a good point as far as like feeling like they didn't mean it. I'm a huge like apology guy. I always want to say sorry when I've done wrong, but mostly I want to be apologized to when I've been done wrong. Mm-hmm. There's one friend in particular who kind of screwed me over a few years ago and uh he keeps like trying to add me on Facebook and be my friend and I'm like, "Dude, no." Not till you say you're sorry for the way that you acted, because it was kind of messed up. But okay. I'm kind of hinging on that and waiting on that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's childish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But have nope. you have you told him
1: that you're waiting? Hell no. Oh okay. Well, wait, well, hopefully he listens listens to this podcast. And well, let me you get uh, an if apology. you understood the context. The
0: context real quickly is uh, he's like, I need advice. Like, what do I do with my life? And I was in the middle of going to school and. You know, I just become friends with you. And Matt, I've really enjoyed being in school and and growing and making friends and Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm investing in myself. And he's like, what do I do with my life? And I was like, dude, like you should really consider like going back to school. I think it's I think it'd be good for you. It's been great for me. It's helped me grow personally. I've expanded as far as like getting out of my comfort zone and meeting new people and trying new experiences. I think it's something that would really benefit you. Dude, don't brag about what you're doing with your life. Why are you just bragging about everything you do? And I was like, all right, bye. And I haven't said a word to him since. <laughs>
1: wow. So. Asked for advice. You gave him. Yeah. And so, oh boy. if you
0: don't realize that you need to apologize, well, then we're good either way. So. Fair enough. Now, maybe if he went through the effort of hiring someone to
1: apologize for me, <laughs> I could respect that, actually. <laughs> you get a call from someone in Japan pretending to be his mom? <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> awesome.
0: Okay, I would forgive him for that. So, if by chance he listens to this, if you hire a Japanese apologist, then <laughs> I'm accepting. <laughs> um, so... This these two kind of go hand in hand. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but like rent a friend or rent a wingman.
1: Oh well, like okay. So Kevin Hart had that movie where it's like rent a best man. Oh, okay. I didn't thing. see it. Okay, it it was it's a terrible movie. Okay. It's with, um, Why do you Josh, watch crap like that? But you don't watch the freaking
0: Marvel movies, Josh Gad or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, it's harder for me to sell <laughs> to Kylie about with the Marvel movies than it is to sell her on like a comedy or something.
0: Kylie, watch them, or just watch them without
1: her. I don't have a lot of time. Just dude. you and Tuck, sit down and enjoy a nice right, movie. I know. Hopefully, like over, over, over. Hopefully, over Christmas, right? We'll have a time to do that. So,
0: rent a friend. Rent a friend. Yeah. How does that work? Um, if you hate going in it alone, whether it's out and about at social events or smaller trips, or to the mall or movies, you no longer have to. Rentafriend.com boasts five hundred and twenty six thousand eight hundred and seventy three friends available for rent worldwide um this is as is 2015 so that's old um while it might seem bizarre to pay for a perfect stranger to hang out with you in your downtime renting a friend can prove quite practical in some instances when moving to a new area for example a rented friend might be able to provide a better lay of the land as well as some useful introductions to other locals
1: what is the service cost, does it say? That,
0: no, it doesn't. And that's what I want to know because...
1: <sighs> I could see the benefit in a certain context. Right. Maybe.
0: Right. I don't know. How would you feel if it's not too much, I rented a friend to come on the podcast? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, according to your poll, we have like seven people that want to be on our... Yeah, we do we have others. be guests. Yeah,
0: I took a poll today and some people want to come on and they do want to hear more guests but I think it'd be so interesting to rent a friend
1: just to have somebody yeah just randomly show up and be on our podcast we have no idea what they could say yep nothing oh boy <laughs> that would be a fun that would be a kind of a fun experience yeah
0: I'll look into pricing and we'll see if it's too much screw that but to rent a friend oh that could be interesting
1: you don't know who you're kidding
0: I know I love that but then they would know where I live I wonder if they do like
1: a profile like what like what are the activities that you do like what's your personality yeah because i feel like although we wouldn't expect somebody yeah to have a rent a friend like you're interacting like say you're a mute you're 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 this guy's actual friend or you're a person who who kind of knows this person like say it's like it's a person you're working with Uh and it's like a work function and they bring a friend Mm -hmm. that's a rent a friend and you can like you can tell, like, they're so different personalities. Uh-huh. Almost, like, you might... I don't know. I'm going to start trying to fi- figure out if I can p- pick out Rent-A-Friends, <laughs> like, on, like out in public.
0: Oh, my gosh. So I got it up right here. Um, so, yeah, they have, like, uh, little synopsis of, like, their personality, um, different age groups. Oh, we should get a super old person. Um, if, well, I don't know how old, <laughs> but, I mean, just get an old an old man or old woman to come on the podcast. There's this, uh, a oh, 54 year old woman. Okay. Okay. She's outgoing, adventurous. I'm a foodie.
1: It's always fun to dine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> foodie. What do you, what's your thoughts on people who call themselves foodies?
0: I don't, I mean, I would say that I'm a foodie, but I don't say that I'm a foodie. Yeah. I love food,
1: dude. I think people, well, yeah, so, so do I. <laughs> well, no, I'm really p- picky. No, you don't I'm love th- I'm food. I'm not a picky. I'm you actually, love, I'm like not a chicken strips and grilled cheese. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, I'm not a foodie. Yeah, I um, like going out and try, trying new oh. I feel like the people who call themselves foodies mm-hmm. aren't really foodies.
0: You also, ca- sorry, just thinking about Rent-A-Friend, you brought something up that um, having, you know, kind of relations with people who are Rent-A-Friends, and I don't see it on here, but they should totally have, a like, um. References, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, hey, this dude's cool. Check out this guy. I totally want this guy to come on I a reference.
1: I, I brought this guy to bowling night, and he was like, like, he was complete garbage. See that
0: guy? He's got like a Hawaiian shirt. He's on a green screen background of some palm trees, uh, and he's flexing.
1: And he's yeah, and I want he's him. He's a big. He's a bigger guy. Yeah, cool. with some
0: glasses. He's uh, so. He's available to introduce to people. He could be a wingman. Um, poetry, art, what drawing. If he like, what if he
1: like, okay, so he says he's going to be a wingman. Yeah. What if he's like super awkward Ooh. and like gets you in a really bad situation? But maybe
0: that's his play. It's like, oh, Jake's a sweet guy and he's got this really awkward friend, but they're out having a good time. He's wearing Hawaiian shirts, but that's a little weird, but that's cool because Jake's cool with him. Like, Jake can be friends with everybody. Everybody loves Jake. Maybe. <laughs> he
1: should like honestly all you need a wingman to do is have you met Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's for sure. That's what I was thinking uh Barney would be an excellent wingman. Oh yeah. Or terrible. As we've seen. Yep. Um so yeah, there's that service, which I thought would be funny. <sighs> this get ske- this website looks sketchy. It looks fake, so I mean I'm sure it's legit, but I'm not ready to put my credit card information in there to run a friend. So
1: it doesn't give his actual name and just MD hair ones. <laughs> that's that. That's the, that's the handle the guy went with. Yeah, I, guess. I don't, I don't trust that guy.
0: No, you don't like him. No. All right. Well, there's, there's a ton of Vancouver people.
1: Wait, so like this isn't Vancouver. Yeah. These oh. are, these are all Vancouver people. Dude, I want to sign up to be rent to be a friend.
0: That could be an interesting thing.
1: I would be a good friend.
0: We'll wire you. So we get your whole experience. But there's a ton of Rent-A-Friends in Vancouver right now. Pages.
1: Hmm. I wonder if we have anybody we would know.
0: That would be interesting.
1: Yeah. We could rent somebody, you know, when they show up. We already know them.
0: If you're a Rent-A-Friend, reach out because I want to talk to you Yeah, on I, the ne- I need to
1: know, like, what's your average experience? As a friend. Like, who are the people who are renting friends?
0: <laughs> Podcasters, dude. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, Glitter Bomb and Enemy. Huh? Glitter bomb an enemy? So
1: like drop glitter on
0: people? Apparently the idea of an unsuspecting victim releasing glitter or as the creator of the glitter bomb calls it, the herpes of crafting of the crafting world all over themselves upon opening a seemingly innocent note is worth every penny. $10 to glitter bomb someone
1: because glitter never goes away i guess what I meant by yeah. herp- the herpes of the
0: gift that keeps on giving yeah so that was one that i thought was a little weird but I threw it in there well
1: could you be i feel like that could get you in trouble glitter bomb somebody yeah i mean it's not an actual bomb well no but <laughs> it says an enemy so you're gonna do it to get back at somebody right i feel like yeah i feel like that could be a low blow
0: so are you are you doing
1: snail mail to bomb somebody well i'm just gonna fall and pipe bomb Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. No, I'm kidding. No, but that would be... Uh, um, Yeah, I don't know. You ever lit dog crap on
0: someone's p- porch before? <laughs> what? Have you ever lit dog crap on oh, someone's Oh, lit. Porch? I
1: thought you said licked. I was <laughs> no. like, what the hell are you doing? No, like uh, a bag of dog crap. No, never haven't done that. Of course you haven't. I've never, pra- I've never pranked anybody in my life. Are you serious? No, never have. Wow. Oh. I, I almost got I kind of semi got roped into a prank okay. on our seventh grade like social studies teacher. This this guy who I used to be friends with, we played paintball together. Yeah. Um we were on we started a paintball team. Anyway, he had a fart sounder and he was gonna try to put it underneath our per, our teacher's stool and he'd forgot to turn up the volume. So <sighs> he was the teacher was the only one who could hear it and then it was super awkward. I got out of it because I said I had, I wanted no part of it, like at the last second, but he <laughs> would but this guy went along with it anyway. Did so he get then, in trouble? Yeah, he had to be, he got talked to after the.
0: Oh, well, who cares? That's a good prank. Clap hands for that.
1: You <laughs> forgot to turn up the volume. I mean, it yeah, that's a work. terrible so prankster and give up
0: then. Never prank again. <laughs> you were a part of one prank and you saw it fail and you're like, nope, I'm not ever doing that again. Yeah. So this is how terrible I was as a kid. This is in high school. Um, we were we would watch we would watch Jackass and like CKY videos. I don't know if you if you know what those are. I don't
1: know what Jackass is. I don't know what CKY. So is. CKY
0: is a band, and the Bam Margera's brothers oh, in that okay. band. Gotcha. And they right. would make yeah. uh, Jackass videos named after the band. So it was like before Jackass was. Yeah, Jackass. so they
1: always mess with his uncle, like Don.
0: Well, back then it was mostly Bam's parents. Okay. But one thing that they did was they made this dummy. And then they would stand over a bridge and throw the dummy off the bridge and hit people's cars like somebody, like they hit somebody who died. Why are you looking at me like that? Dude, that's pretty messed up. So we did that in high school. (laughs) We created this dummy. We like put my. We put filled the clothes up with a uh, uh, tissue paper mm-hmm. and tied off the arms and legs, and then like put a stick through the body, and then put like a, a like a foam head on top, and then put like this creepy. Like on
1: the freeway?
0: No, 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 no. But it was down a dangerous road. Okay. We should not have done it. All right, <laughs> but I, I did it. I can't take it back now. Yeah. So we're sitting on this. It was down. Um. Do you know? Probably not. But there's Mount Scott in Portland. It's pretty steep. There's mm. like a, a Veterans Memorial. Um. Uh, graveyard at the top of the hill i don't know but there's this long steep road that comes down and um (laughs) uh we all me and my friends we hid behind the fence and as cars came down the road we threw the body out into the air and it would just hit the windshield and the car would like (laughs) and then either drive away or just like yell something or whatever well that night, we did it, and there was this little white, like, Taurus or something coming down. Uh, it had to have been something nicer than a Taurus. These are all pretty nice houses. They're pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Now, but, but it's just a standard white sedan. So it's coming down, and we throw it, and it hits the windshield, and the guy slams on his brakes and reverses. And then he's like, hey. So he chases us. So we, like, we're running through people's backyards into my buddy's, finally into my buddy's house. It was just a few houses down. But he doesn't know where we went, so he went into the house, and we're like, dude, we're done with that. Like, we just got chased. We're not doing that again. And uh, we're sitting there, and we're bored, and we're like, let's go light dog crap on someone's door. I've <laughs> never done that before. So we're walking around the neighborhood with a bag of crap,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we walk, like, two, like a whole neighborhood over. We're walking pretty far, and... uh we wanted to find a, a house that had like some trees or something mm-hmm. across the road that we could like watch the reaction and giggle at like someone trying to stomp the fire out with poop all over themselves. <laughs> so we, uh, we find this house perfect because there's bushes across the street. So we go over there and we light the crap and we ring the doorbell and we run across the street and we're hiding in the bushes and nobody, nobody comes. And so what do you do? It's like it's like a, a firework that hasn't gone off, like a dud. Like, do you go and risk it and check on it and get blown up? Or do you just, like, keep waiting? So we waited quite a while. Um, and I was like, dude, nobody's home. Like, let's go put it out. So we, like, just go kind of hit the top of the bag to put the fire out. But we left the poop there. <laughs> so then we're walking down the street, right? And we we're heading back to my buddy's house. And there's some uh, f- there's some headlights coming over the the hill on mm-hmm. the street we're on and we're like oh crap a car and the car turns into the house that we just lit <laughs> dog
1: crap on it's the white sedan it's the white oh sedan my dude <laughs> did you see what his reaction was he backs out and chased us again (laughs) we
0: had to run through all these neighbors houses and but this time we're way further away yeah and i got to the point where like i jump into this lady's yard and i'm hiding by her garbage can and it's like four in the morning and she's out or it's like two or it was like two in the morning whatever she's taking her dogs out and i'm hiding by her garbage can she's like hello? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm being chased by this guy. I don't know who it is. She's like, all right, you guys can stay there. She was like, super cool about Mm -hmm. it, but yeah, what are the chances? Dude,
1: (laughs) that's a crazy story.
0: Ruin that dude's night. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> that guy probably raged oh he yeah. probably needed a rage room. he went to the rage room yeah. for sure <laughs> um, oh, I, c- I could just imagine like that dude just losing his yeah. mind coming
0: home and finding a l- fired bag of poop yeah. on your doorstep
1: we um we in high school i played a lot of like we we called a jailbreak on people have called it like cops and robbers oh, okay yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that we played that all of the time yeah that's how i met kylie um and everything so we Uh, there would be so many times like we would get we would be you know hiding in people's houses and they'd come out and like chase us off Mm -hmm. or like this one dude would like this one dude got so mad at people who were playing and then because we always played in the same neighborhood right and he would just like get in his big old truck and like chase people down the streets with it and i don't know the guy was an idiot yeah but but when you're a kid it's
0: fun in your kid, it's fun. But when you're looking back, you're like, dude, that guy had some problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's ruining well, we, child fun. Like
1: we could have gotten like we that guy could have like, like. You think back and like we got lucky that that I mean that guy was so mad, right? Like he could have hurt for sure somebody for sure. Anyway.
0: Um, at that same house, I think I was just telling Jen this story. Um, I'm getting way off topic, but it's kind of funny. Uh, so J- it was Jesse, my friend, Jesse, he, that was his house, but mm-hmm. I was friends with Jesse's brother before I was friends with Jesse. Um, and then once I met Jesse, I was like, you're lame, dude, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I was friends with Jesse forever. Um, so one night I'm staying over the, staying over at Jesse's house with some friends and it was a school night cause we never went to school. Um, and Jesse's like, dude, I got some, uh, Roman candles in my trunk. You guys want to go light them off? It was like two in the morning, and we're like, yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. So we go we go outside, and we go to his trunk, and I remember it so vividly of just like opening the trunk and just seeing his fireworks, and we're like, yeah, yeah. So we all get him, and we're going to have a Roman candle war. Well, we light him, and the first one shoots off, boom. But it was the kind, and we didn't know it, that crackles at the end. Oh, no. So it goes, boom, da-da-da. Well, we're shooting at each other, so they're exploding and crackling all over us, and they're loud as hell. So we're shooting at each other, and the neighbors all start coming out of their house because it's a weeknight, and they're screaming at us, but we can't stop them because once you light them, Mm -hmm. they're still going. (laughs) So we're like trying to stuff them into the ground and put them out, and his mom's screaming at us, and yeah, we got in trouble for that. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) We were the worst, dude. Um Okay, so I'm gonna kinda cut through some uh some quick ones uh that I found. So um uh I'm gonna go to have you heard of Nudicles? What? Nudicles? Nudicles? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Uh you'll like this. <laughs> um a comp- so it's 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 basically testicle implants for dogs. Okay. Okay. So, uh the company com- uh, company uh claims that the implants will boost your pet's self-esteem because obviously your pets are very concerned about their sudden lack of body parts and don't want their and you don't want your animal friends to know that they've been under the knife.
1: I feel like that would be weird because dog parks have a very strict like neutering policy. Dog parks do? Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't take your dog to a dog park if he's not neutered. Really? After a certain age.
0: Oh, that's weird.
1: Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, just in case they go to town on somebody else's dog <laughs> and you end up with puppies. <laughs> right. Like, you get an unwanted dog pregnancy.
0: Yeah, so you get to fight with someone at the dog park because your dog has neuticles. Like, bro, is that dog neutered? Ch- calm down, bro. They're nudicles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, trying to convince them, like, yeah. the dog park sheriff that right. it's not actually. Like, go tap them. They're not real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're plastic. Like, you can look them up. They're pretty gross looking. Uh... So That's yeah, odd. I don't know. It's an it's a service you could do. I,
1: I I get buying <laughs> stuff for your dog, right? Like just not. The testicles. amount of money, Ki- the amount of money, money Kylie and I have bought, like paid for stuff for Tuck. Right. I'm not gonna judge anybody for buying stuff for their dog. Mm-hmm. That's a bit weird. Why? Well, we're assuming that the dog that dogs are jealous. About that,
0: you can get a nudical keychain with a little nuticle on your keychain. Oof. <laughs> or what if, like, you had a dog, like a a large dog, and you got him like the the toy dog nuticles.
1: This sounds like something that, um, like uh, John Ralphio would come up with on Parks oh, and Rec. Okay. Like some crazy, like batshit crazy idea. Well,
0: someone came up with it and it works. Entertainment 720. Everybody's getting their dogs some new testicles.
1: Is it's a competence a, is, thing. Do you really? T- I mean, is it tested? Like, have they, test, like, have they tested brainwaves on dogs to see if they like are happier when they've got...
0: I don't know. I think it's an owner thing.
1: Yeah, that's all that is. <laughs> that's just, that's <laughs> literally just selling it to the owner. Okay, last thing I want
0: right. to th- talk about is uh, there's a crushing service.
1: Crushing service? Mm-hmm. What's that?
0: Um, Amazon Amanda is a uh, 6'3", 20-stone model who is paid by men who want to be crushed, wrestled, sat on, or simply seen with a large woman. The service provides a strictly platonic, but demand is so widespread that she frequently travels internationally for crushing sessions. I
1: don't know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) yeah what is there to say
0: i don't know you could be crushed it's just
1: that happens apparently yeah internationally Mm -hmm. like there's international demand for that
0: crushing put on a few pounds and get in the crushing business because right now she's got the monopoly on it
1: i don't think people want i don't know
0: it's platonic no love no naughty just crush
1: so I could be like, n- I don't see how that would work. <laughs> what do you mean? Well,
0: you couldn't keep it platonic. You just be like, oh yeah, no, I, I love d- crushing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I don't think that would be the problem. I don't think there'd be a market for me.
0: Oh, stop it! Uh, just take off your glasses and you're s- you're done. Like, yeah, just pretend s- you're taking pictures.
1: Just take <laughs> 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 uh, I really don't like wearing my. I really like. You'll never fu- you'll never see a picture of me with my glasses. It's on.
0: so annoying. They look good. No,
1: I look like a nerd. No,
0: they look way better. What
1: does that say? I always take them with glasses on. Well, you look good in glasses. <sighs> I don't.
0: Okay, one more thing I want to bring up. Um, escape rooms. Would you ever do one? Have you ever done one?
1: I want to do an escape uh, okay. room. Okay. There's a Harry Potter-themed escape room. Oh, my God. There's yeah. also like a Patriot-themed. and. Um, I've never seen that. Not Patriot Prayer, but like Patriot with Mel Gibson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It seems a little corny. But I think if you went with the right group of friends, it could be super fun. Yeah. Um so maybe that's something we could do. I would enjoy that. Think about it. Okay. All right. That's all. If you want
1: to come to an escape room with Say What You Mean podcast, yeah. let us know.
0: Yeah, but be helpful. Don't be harmful. Help us get out. Don't we're,
1: don't crush us.
0: Yeah, don't crush us. We're not trying to casually escape from a room. If we're if I'm gonna go into this, I'm trying to break records, son. Yes. Okay. Out good. in three minutes. Yeah. That's what I like. See, you're on the same page. We should do it. All right. Um you
1: what have, if we fall short like our um <laughs> like our trivia night? Yeah. Three history majors all with degrees in history, we show up and we get beat. I'll I'll take a solid B. Yeah, we just get out. Yeah. Just get out of just the Just get out. As just long as we out get out. Okay.
0: But I'm aiming to break records.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean we, otherwise what are you, what are you playing for? You're not exactly. playing if you're not playing for the championship, what, right. what are you playing
0: for? Right. Okay, so you have some things that you want to talk about. Um, I have, I think I sent you some of these things, or we've talked about it a little bit during the week. But
1: Yeah, I think um, you and I were just kind of talking back and forth throughout the week. We're like, dude, did you see this? Dude, did you see this? Yeah, yeah. It's it just like, gosh, it's never ending, right? Um, so I think, um, the the big one we want, we want to touch on. This one was, I think, you and I were already thinking about talking about this, mm-hmm. and then uh, Megan uh, messaged us mm-hmm. and she said, like, hey, can you guys do a, uh, do your uh, do a podcast about talking about uh, Patriot Prayer, right? And I, we made a promise a couple episodes ago that if you bring a topic to us, you know, we'll do our best to talk about it, right? Um, so I think, uh, that's. I think it's something we need to talk about, cause especially people in the local area. If you're from the Portland, Vancouver area and you're listening, you probably have heard about this this uh, this group. Um, they're based in Vancouver. Their their leader is named Joey Gibson. They were formed in 2016. Mm-hmm. They're associated with a, as a far right. Their label as a far right group and associated with other further right groups, mm-hmm. and have become more and more radical over the last right. you know year and a half. Right. Um, so. Why it affects is most of these these people I've s- felt like you know I've kind of put them to you know they're they're crazies they're not worth my right. time thinking about right um they go down to Portland they you know mess stuff up they get into fights with Antifa and well that's what started
0: the conversation between you and I is they were down in Portland recently and um, protesting I w- Ted Wheeler right right and I was trolling in the comment section
1: <laughs> yes that's right that's right that's I how, that, that's, that's, how that's, that's how this came
0: um but. I'm, I'm, mm, what I'm mostly annoyed about is that these people who are, Joey Gibson is running for office in Washington. I don't know if he still is, but he was in the primaries. Well, he lost the primaries. Okay. There you go. He can't, he can't play. So he's running in the primaries and he's, you know, he's always saying, keep Portland out of Vancouver. And then he's going to protest Wheeler.
1: In, in Portland in
0: Oregon in Portland yeah to me that it's I'm so annoyed by that <laughs> I'm so annoyed and uh, and my comment I always I always go to the argument that every f- far-right extremist f- you know, person says on the, on the comments of anybody protesting anything regardless of if it's peaceful or not is that these people should get jobs mm-hmm. so i always just throw that <laughs> in at the end and they were protesting on a saturday so i'm like these bums need to get jobs and that always hook line and sinks everybody there oh, yeah. that always gets people jumping in on the comment um
1: i do have a job man
0: yeah, dude it's saturday man <laughs> maybe they don't work on saturdays
1: you ever think that <laughs> your liberal education ever teach you that yeah. you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly lived hard. yeah you lived hard though maybe you work saturday you probably don't even have a job you're probably
1: <laughs> you're probably not an american
0: <laughs> so yeah that just it immediately annoyed me um you know th- this whole idea of keeping vancouver and vancouver and portland and portland but then you're crossing over to complain about the politics in portland and oregon that don't really affect you it's just it's just weird to me. And so, anyways, I just wanted to preface this whole thing with that, because that's stupid, and it's hypocritical, and, and they make no sense. <laughs>
1: Good summary. Um, so, I, 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 on the other hand, have chosen... I, I have a lot... It's odd. I'm a, co- I'm a... We know this. I admitted that mm-hmm. I'm a Facebook crusader. Mm-hmm. and But for whatever reason, I have not felt the calling like you have to go after these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I just feel like they want to be victimized, right? That's what you were saying. And by give by going at them
2: mm-hmm.
1: in that fashion, not trolling them right. necessarily, but like doing what Antifa does, right? right. And going right. there and matching their aggression their aggression matching their tactics
0: being combative being
1: combative plays right into their narrative because they tell their they tell their people or people who may be sympathetic to Mm -hmm. their cause maybe not at the moment want would be comfortable going out into the streets with an american flag draped around your shoulders and yelling about you know liberal liberals or whatever right yelling socialism as if you know what that means and but when you see they show these videos of antifa pepper spraying you know members of patriot prayer and you're saying well we're just there to promote free speech we think we think ted wheeler is uh over you know is using his Power to do unconstitutional things. Mm-hmm. He's silent. The liberals are f- are the ones silencing free speech. We're just there to mm-hmm. promote um, what we think is a is a government intrusion. Right, and they're the ones trying to silence our message. Mm-hmm. When you when yeah, they're allowed They can they can manipulate that narrative oh, when yeah. you give them the ammo to do so. Oh yeah, and I think that. Th- their ranks are growing, right? And it's incredibly unfor—it's incredibly unfortunate, and I th- and I think it's it's time now that we we start to address, mm-hmm. um, this, right. and especially since it's going to be in our backyard, it's going right. to be at a place where it's v- that, that they're going. Th- so, I guess to give context to what I'm saying, <laughs> is that Patriot Prayer is going to be at Clark College on the 22nd, and they're going to be at WSU Vancouver's campus on the 23rd. Yeah. Um, I think they're sending like 40 people to each okay. um, to each campus. And their stated goal is to hand out um, flyers and information, information yeah. about that gun bill that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I, Initiative 1639. Right. If you want to know about this bill, go listen to a couple episodes ago. I don't know what it's like. I think it's two or three episodes. It ago. says in the description. It says I in think. the description. So go back and find it. It's, in good, good, it's a good good episode. I completely we, we break that down and talk about it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think what got me, I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Like I would go to back to campus to see, right. to see how these people are interacting. Right. Right. And cause I know that W C Vancouver has kind of like an open policy, right? If you're not threatening right. violence, they're going to let you on campus.
0: Well, and they've had protesters there before and you and I have not talked about it on the podcast, but you know. We had protesters, demonstrators talking about pro-choice, um, and that that was always a le- – that was a great learning – I want to talk on that real quick. Yeah. That was a great learning experience for me because um, maybe it's just because of who I surround myself with um, and who I'm friends with, especially mostly you and Matt, but, like, we – we are open to having our minds changed and having conversations mm-hmm. especially with those who disagree to have an open dialogue. Yeah. Um at this demonstration, you know, they were getting in shouting matches with other students. And so I kind of stood by just to watch because this was interesting to me. There was no peaceful conversation or dialogue. It was mostly like who can shout over the other. Um and the one thing that just really pushed me over the edge with this, and you know, and I've mentioned this previously the hill i'll die on is is freedom of speech or 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 thought Mm -hmm. Um, and one student stood up and like pointed at them and said we will silence them um and for me to hear a student say that and this you know i'm an older student so to hear, hear and see younger students say that about people exercising their freedom of speech or their their right to do this that really bothered me regardless of if i ignored it um or you know what I mean, if I agreed or disagreed, regardless of what it was, I, I just walked past them and went to class. But others felt like they had to engage and, and make mm-hmm. a big deal. And Okay, that's fine. That's your exercising your right to do that, to engage and say what you think. But then to say that you're going to silence them, that really bothered me. Yeah. So, I'm concerned with this idea of that a student I've seen have of silencing people and then having the Patriot par- Prayer guys who are a little more aggressive go to this campus, just to provoke, really. Yeah,
1: no, th- that's what they're doing. They're they're saying they're I not part of Patriot Paris. I don't know what they're um, what they plan on doing. You can right. only assume, but you can you can use past their past experiences to predict what their behavior is going to do. Right, and they're they're saying they're going there to promote I sixteen thirty nine. They're using their First Amendment rights to to promote a you know uh, to promote something that they care about. But make no mistake, they put themselves specifically into environments, into situations yeah. that are going to stir up emotions from the other side right. specifically to try to get a reaction. Right. Um it's on us to not give them right. that reaction. Right. And that's that's my that's kind of my if I were to sum up my argument yeah. is is that. Don't don't give them the ammo that they're seeking. Right. Don't allow them to be to don't allow them to claim victim status because then right. they become sympathetic characters. Right. I think what what I saw that moment, like with those uh, pro life protesters on campus th- mm-hmm. that that um, that day you were talking about, right. um, you and I and and uh, another student of uh, uh, in history were all standing outside mm-hmm. and we were having this conversation. And you see a mob of st- not a mob of students, but clearly outnumbering right. these three individuals right. with signs and. They have this, the three individuals with their sandwich boards and, and and they have like a microphone and it's, um, and they're, they have this prepared speech and they're just, they're talking, they're just right. talking, they're, they're talking over people screaming into their faces. Right. And you look at that and I'm like, I don't agree with anything those people with the sandwich boards are saying. Right. But you see, you, you see what is happening to them mm-hmm. and you can't help, but, but feel a little bit of, right. um, you can't, it almost like you, you have this natural reaction of saying, right. You have one person who's not getting violent, mm-hmm. another person getting violent towards right, them, right. and who's the loser in that situation, right? right? Who's, who to an outside observer right. is going to look at that? Right. And, and and have sympathy towards right. somebody.
0: I want to clarify one thing because you said that you don't agree with things. And we're not going to get into your stance as far as like pro-life or pro-choice. But one thing that they were telling people was like, you're all going to hell. Yes. You're yeah, all yeah, doomed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I needed to clarify yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you're saying that you don't agree, that's the stuff that they were that's yelling I was and shouting at yeah, people. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I didn't and – and you know, they can say whatever they want, but that's what provoked other students to get riled up and to to get aggressive towards them. Yes. Thank and you for making yeah, me clarify, because I
1: could see how that would <laughs> to our listeners would would take what I said. For sure. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that's a great point. You don't instantly, especially for people who understand and and enjoy the freedom of speech, you just ignore them. But now you're like, dang, I kind of feel bad because they're getting ganged up on and there were thoughts of like me wanting to just go in between them and be like dude just go leave them alone just go to your class just stop and but then you know you had this savage post breaking down everything about them going there and you've kind of summarized it today but you had other people kind of coming back at you about safe space and, and jeopardizing other people's feelings and what they, what they stand for as far as racism and bigotry
1: and what that, what that does to marginalize. Right. um, And she didn't say that to me, that person who was coming back at me in the comment section, she didn't say it to me, which I think she said it to somebody else who Mm -hmm. was making a similar argument that I made saying, you don't understand your privilege Uh saying, you don't understand how this is going to affect a marginalized individual, right. Because you have white privilege. Yeah, I find that to be a cheap argument. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I guess I can't put myself in my shoes. I can't, sure. I can't say how somebody, an African American, or um, a, you know, someone who you know is transgender, mm-hmm. would would take uh, w- w- how th- how affects how it affects them. And yeah. in, in 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 my comment to this, I said um any individual mm-hmm. who f- is with their 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 presence being on campus makes any individual feel mm-hmm. unsafe mm-hmm. should email their professor exactly. explain
0: you handled it well. I thought
1: explain their situation right. to their professors i don't know a professor on that campus mm-hmm. that would penalize right a student for not coming to campus on, the, t- sure. on the 23rd right um And if there is like shame on that professor, right? And but I don't think that that's going to happen. Like we we know a lot of the professors on that campus, and not a single one of them would be would be unsympathetic, right? And um, but calling um the student diversity center on W C Vancouver shared a letter written by one of their members Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. somebody who goes to the campus right now, Mm -hmm. um. Saying that we're not, they're not going to counter protest, mm-hmm. which I think is a a good call, right? Um, but I but they said we're going to call on faculty and staff to suspend classes right. that day, and I think that is, a I think that's a wrong tactic to take. Mm-hmm. My argument for that is is that you let them win, you right. let you let them enact fear on you that then changes your behavior, right? Right? It, they're limiting what they're limiting your your ability to go to a class that you paid for right right and your in your ability to learn and and better yourself and um i just think that you let them win when you dictate you let them dictate your behavior and um and if and and i can i can only speak for myself Mm -hmm. in that so i wouldn't want can't classes to be canceled right right and i think the the student diversity center trying to speak for me mm-hmm. in wanting classes shut down, right. I think that should be up to an individual basis right? right. and not, not just a blanket shut, right. shut down.
0: I think there's more, more, more of a demonstration. I don't want to say more. I just think it, to me, it sounds and feels stronger to just walk past them and give them no attention or recognition to what they're saying. Just say, no, thank you. And walk away. Yeah. Then they don't win. They don't get you riled up. They don't get an emotion. They don't get,
1: Sympathy in in those forty people that showed up leave as those forty people. Right. Exactly. They don't gain any they don't gain any sort of they don't have any tools they can use as propaganda. They don't have any any on any onlookers who who may all of a sudden, well, I don't know anything about Patriot Prayer, Mm -hmm. but I see them getting ganged up on people who are really, really like angry and violent. They're getting bullied. I feel like that and or recognize well, maybe that, maybe yeah. I'll go read what they have to say. Right. You get caught up in the prophet You get caught up in their like free speech, right. like their claims of free speech, and the next thing you know, you're part of the Patriot Prayer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just uh, I think either ignore ignoring them or um, they say their stated goal is to go there and share information about Initiative 1639. And right. it, as we've discovered, there's a lot of misinformation about right. that. Go and argue. Go and and have a civil right. Discussion. Yes. Attempt to right on your behalf. You can only control your behavior, and if you feel strong enough, and you can feel like you go, you you go and do what go do what students do. Right. Right. Go prove what education can do for you. Yes. Go research this this initiative, and then go argue based on its merits. Right. Uncover if they have if they're using misinformation. Uncover mm-hmm. that because that discredits them. Right? How do we completely discredit them? And if they get mad, you win. Right? You've now taken their power from them.
0: And they they start shouting and they start yelling.
1: And then you leave and you back away. But right. guess what? You got them. You won that. You exactly. Won. That's so, a great point. Um, that's that's my that's my take on how I I would like to see the campus handle this. Right. I understand, um, administration, if they don't want to risk. The health of people. Chancellor
0: Mel Netzhammer wrote something.
1: Okay, I have not seen this. Okay,
0: so um, I'll just get to the the points that he made. But he said, Free speech laws prevent us from disallowing this group from coming to our campus. But we can choose not to engage. Here are some suggestions for Tuesday. You may choose to stay indoors while protesters are on campus. If you choose to go outdoors, we recommend that you don't engage with protesters. Ignore them. Uh, If you don't feel safe walking between buildings, ask a friend or walk in a group. Um, if students choose not to come to campus Tuesday, I ask that you be in contact with your faculty members. I also ask that faculty members not to penalize these students, um, faculty and staff. If you choose not to come to campus Tuesday, I ask that you be in contact with your supervisor. Yeah. So I I, I think that's, I think that's great advice. from the Chancellor. Uh, he's a, he's a man. I like that guy. Yeah. Um, he always handles these things really well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that it was well put by the chancellor. Follow that advice. But also, if you're going to engage, do so intelligently.
1: Yeah, I don't don't make um. if I've heard if, if you're thinking about going, I think just my advice would be don't make don't make them being there about anything more than what what they said they're going to be there for. Right. Um. Because when you, you start shouting about other other things mm-hmm. that they can say, well, well, well we're not here for that we're not yeah. saying any of that you're yeah. the one putting those words in right. our mouth and that can that can devolve that's a good point um the the discussion battle them battle them on that i-1639 right and i guarantee you can you can beat them yes you can beat them yeah we're smarter than them <laughs> and um that guy's an idiot <laughs> uh i mean I just like some of the stuff so i went and like research yeah, like, what, yeah. Is, what is there like we, we talk about what I think we should do, what I think the campus should do. Right. What I, um, anyway, but so Patriot prayer, like who are they? Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, they were, they were formed in 2016 by a Vancouver resident named Joey Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's st- like their stated advocacy mm-hmm. is, uh, free st- promoting free speech, mm-hmm. protecting free speech. Mm-hmm. So they say opposition to big government. Um, mm-hmm. so when they think that a government is being obtrusive, um, intrusive, mm-hmm. uh, uh, overstepping its constitutional bounds, they're going to be there to to protect it. And this one I found interesting. I think this is this is really illuminating mm-hmm. about who they really are. Okay. Not the first two. This I think this this is this was a quote by Joey Gibson. Okay. To liberate conservatives conservatives on the West Coast. Hmm. What does that? I would love to ask him what that mean what that means. What do right. you mean by what are you liberating conservatives from? Right. We're all Americans, right? Right. We're all free.
0: Right.
2: <laughs>
0: it's that kind of rhetoric and language that Racists and extremists latch on to,
1: but think about it like that that they're he's viewing he's trying to give them a victimhood label right right if Oh, if you, yeah. if you need to be liber- if you're if you're believing that you need to be liberated right you feel feeling like you're oppressed mm-hmm you're giving, he's trying to create this victimization hmm. narrative, which which plays into it as soon as Antifa starts pepper spraying For sure. and starts screaming at them.
0: And he can point to that and say, see, this is what we're about. Exactly. You're being oppressed and we're here to liberate you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I. I th- and th- that's the narrative that they spin. Yeah. And then that gets picked up by, you know, moderate right-wing media or, right. s- you know, starting to skew pretty far right media. And that gets played all around the world. And all of a sudden you see, conservatives getting beat up by liberals right. in portland oregon right and it's those darn libtards right <laughs> they're all they're trying to squash free they're trying to squash free speech right yeah this is this is what this is this is what happens with this is how guerrilla like guerrilla movements mm-hmm. gain notoriety right and gain popularity right and grow their ranks for sure like hate this is hate groups have perfected this yes over over the history of yeah. the united states in the world really yeah. Um, so uh, practices uh they're, They organize pro Trump rallies, um, protests, what they believe are you know, violations of free speech or unconstitutional policies by governing bodies, uh, especially Ted Wheeler's handling of ICE, the ICE facilities mm-hmm. blockade. Mm-hmm. That was a big one for them. Uh, the rallies uh, have been attended. So this is where it gets a little sketchy. Like the rallies have been attended by the far uh, the f- far right and white nationalist group. Uh, mm-hmm. Proud Boys. Yeah, and very interesting. So you go to n- you go to if you Wikipedia, um, Proud Boys, uh-huh. and this is this is why kids you don't use Wikipedia as a source. <laughs> um, they s- so Wikipedia uses a quote that said that the Southern Law, um, the Southern Poverty Law Center, mm-hmm. which is one of the, the biggest non like nonprofits that uh, tries to protect minority and marginalized like populations, and they they're the ones that label hate groups and stuff like that um they labeled uh patriot prayer recently as a hate group but you go on wikipedia and it says specifically that the southern uh poverty law center does not list um patriot prayer as a as a hate group Mm -hmm. and then cites it Mm -hmm. so yeah i I go down and find the footnote Mm -hmm. they didn't cite whoever whoever (laughs) wrote that for wikipedia didn't (laughs) cite um the Southern Poverty Law Center. They cited right. a Fox News article. Oh my god! <laughs> so, don't use Wikipedia. Yeah. Um. So, uh, founded in 2016. Okay, anyway. But anyway. But at a rally in 2017. Um. So people who were trying to, and then this Wikipedia article also said that the the um though some of Patriot prayers. Um rallies are attended by the proud boys mm-hmm. they're not associated with each other right well i found um there's video and there's also like a stated um like message by joey gibson at a rally in 2017 in seattle where the patriot prayer um like gave a bro hug to the proud boys dude and like like gave his allegiance mm-hmm. to the to the proud boys saying mm-hmm. like the patriot prayer and the proud boys are now homies right. um fighting to liberate the conservatives on the on the west coast right So, yeah, I think it just, um, they're doing God's work. Take that how you will. (laughs) Um, I just, I just at its core, I hate the fact that patriotism and Christianity are being like blended together and then completely co-opted by these people to try to, um, define what is, what it is to really be an American. Um, right. So
0: that's tribalism right there yeah all right um one uh more thing that you wanted to talk about was uh what do you want to talk about
1: well (laughs) let's go with um what do you want to talk about do you want to talk about the painting or do you want to talk about saudi arabia
0: let's talk about the painting um because i want to do more research on the saudi stuff okay okay all right so you wanted to um you had some thoughts on a painting and that was up in the White House. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. What do you got?
1: So those of you who haven't seen this painting, um, Trump had this painting put up in the White House of it's a bar set. I'll just set the set the tone. You should go Google it. <laughs> um he, he's, sitting at a, he's sitting at a bar with a, what appears to be a Diet Coke because Donald Trump doesn't drink alcohol. Uh,
0: the painting's titled uh, The Republican Club.
1: The Republican Club, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's sitting there at, at the, uh, it's around, it's kind of like an, uh, like an oval table. Uh-huh. And he's sitting there and he's, um, normally th- he looks like a, uh, a hastily stuffed sleeping bag into a compression case mm-hmm. um, with his overly oversized shirts and his long red power tie. Um, but he's like, he looks real, uh, you know, like he just got back from the gym. Like it, it's not an accurate <laughs> representation of his, of his body type. Yeah. He's swollen. Um, for sure. and he's sitting there and he's got his diet Coke and he's to his, uh, to his right is, uh, Dwight D Eisenhower also featured at the table is, uh, George, uh, HW, George W Bush, Ronald Reagan, um, Abraham Lincoln. And then, which I find to be, uh, Telling, which it's interesting that he chose like the off auth- the artist chose to put Tricky Dick yeah. off to his left. Yeah. So he's, he's situated between um, Eisenhower and Nixon right. with uh, Teddy Roosevelt standing up looking over his shoulder, Gerald Ford behind him, um, George HW Bush standing behind Ronald Reagan in the background. You can see U- Ulysses S grant. So that's kind of like they're showing what I guess, trump's version of what the best republicans were okay why why just republicans right <laughs> okay that's my take on it like that just if there was like a literally like a microcosm mm-hmm. of the division and the sectionalism that the, that exists in our political culture right now yeah. is the fact that we have we have a, a painting okay well i wish you would have sh- fucking showed me that before. <laughs>
0: So we have this painting here. I brought up. <laughs> now Jake's we got, pissed. We got,
1: Lin- <laughs> okay, we got Lyndon B. Johnson.
0: Who's this?
2: Is uh, that FDR?
1: So that's there's Lyndon B. Johnson. That's Truman. Um, Clinton, Woodrow Wilson, John F. Kennedy, Jimmy Carter, um, Andrew Jackson. Yeah. And that's got to be it. That's got to be FDR with his back.
0: So, (laughs) wait, are these all,
1: these are all Democrats? These are all Democrats. Okay.
0: So what we're looking at now is a painting of Barack Obama surrounded by all Democrats. Well,
1: technically, Jackson is a Democratic Republican. Okay.
0: So you were noticing on Trump's painting, he's surrounded by Republicans. Yeah. And then there's this painting that was done for Barack Obama that he's surrounded by Democrats.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I agree. I agree with your point as why are we just surrounded? I mean, it's the it's the Republican. What is the painting called? Did the, I Republic, say? the Republican Club. The Republican Club. So this is called the Democratic Club. So I think it's interesting that there's these paintings that are specified to this partisanship. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I noticed the most from these two paintings um, about Barack Obama sitting at the table with these presidents democratic Mm -hmm. presidents and Trump sitting about around a table with um the presidents is what do you notice anything different between the two i mean what do you notice is what i'm asking
1: it's kind of it's similar it's it's the same similar background you've got a bunch of you have a bunch of people faceless people right in the background they're Um, all sitting with
0: drinks yeah the one thing, the key thing that I noticed from these two paintings. Okay. Who's the joke teller in this painting?
1: The one ever, one everybody's looking at? Yep. Nixon.
0: So everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's funny, that's funny. Huh? And then FDR is the one in this one.
1: Where everybody's eyes is looking at it. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. Did you take art appreciation?
0: I took art history. Okay, that
1: <laughs> makes that, this makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, also, so Barack Obama's face—he's kind of looking forward. Mm-hmm. That's an artist tactic—is to always have the focal point looking forward to catch the viewer's eye, mm-hmm. and that's that's why he makes the focal point. But the the analysis that I saw of Trump is the bright white red, the bright white shirt and the red tie. So this is this article. You know, from the New York Times, they're breaking it down and they're talking about these issues in the painting about, you know, they're kind of bashing him, obviously. But then I found the same exact painting of Barack Obama with the Democratic Party. Yeah. And he's wearing a white shirt with a blue tie. Same exact scene with Democratic. So what is the that's my thought when I was reading these articles about people bashing on this is Barack Obama has the same painting
1: sure i think uh, another another point is that um and
0: i was wondering with you if you were mostly annoyed because as a republican that he's sitting here with other republicans
1: i'm also annoyed that there there seems to be a um with this painting that there's a belief that these guys are all a monolith right they're all Mm -hmm. they're all similar in ideology okay yes it's like you have you have a you have almost 200 years, yes. well, like 150 years yes. of of history um, of the party sitting right at that right at that table, right, and to act like the Republican Party has never changed in its beliefs, right. And do you think
0: that the Democratic painting displays the same thing? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think I mean like how can you put Andrew Jackson? Yeah. Out of at, you know sitting around a table with guys like Harry Truman and. Right. Um, into Barack Obama and how can you put it even got like Woodrow Wilson like one of the racist like one of the racist guys to ever hold the right. pres, like the presidency like, yeah the guy who called the the birth of a nation yeah um one of the best you know films of all time <laughs> like the, this this I mean both there's there's many flawed men in both of these paintings absolutely and um but I find it so disingenuous to, mm-hmm. to act like both of these paintings are somehow um like, all of these guys would be sitting around all joke-telling and, and, and saying the exact same, like, all agreeing about f- the fundamentals, philosophies right. of governance right. and what is America's role in the world and what is mm-hmm. America's, you know, what is the role of government right. um, in America right. and um, how should the Constitution be interpreted? And I, I, I just find that you have you have teddy roosevelt here right who is um believed believed in american expansionism mm-hmm. like um, um, <laughs> um, like american imperialism right yeah. like conquering you know taking over the philippines mm-hmm. from spain and liberating but then colonizing and right um it just it, it just n- you have neocons with with the bushes and um i, I just i mm-hmm. and then you have possibly like one of the most stand-up like obviously still I'm sure flawed like right. he, yeah, he started the process of getting the United States in, in, into Vietnam obviously there's critiques of Dwight D. Eisenhower but to have him sitting there with his shoulder almost leaning. up leaning into Trump yeah. it's just like oh god as as a rep- as a Republican and as an American <laughs> like in, in in somebody who studies history it's yeah. just like looking at that painting I, I cringe so the
0: analysis in this New York Times article is saying that Trump cracked the joke
1: I point seeing what you've pointed out, right. like breaking that down. Like, there's no way. You don't think like, so? Trump looks like Trump looks like the awkward outsider in that picture. So,
0: and that's what I think bothers me the most is we know through vague comments how Bush feels about Trump.
1: Not even that vague. Did you watch the eulogy at McCain's? No. At, at, go go watch George H W Bush's eulogy at McCain's funeral. It's not thinly veiled by really? any means. Oh yeah.
0: So then, to think that these guys are just going to be chummy with him, I'm like,
1: well, and and to think that you would have um, you would have any uh, you would have Eisenhower and Nixon right. sitting at the same table, right,
0: right. <laughs> I mean, maybe we're just looking too much into these paintings, but it's just in- it's interesting that like, you know, when when interviewed about this painting, Trump said, you know, I really don't like paintings of myself, but I like this one.
1: Well, because he w- he wants to be part of the in group, like he wa- right. he wants to be seen among what he th- sees as the greatest politicians.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people point to to the night where Barack Obama mocked him about he'll never be president as kind of being a pivotal moment for Trump to to feel like an outsider, to be made fun of, yeah, to provoke him to run for president. Mm-hmm. And so now he feels like, well, I am a part of this club now.
1: But yet he continues to bash like traditional. Republicans right oh yeah all he does is bash Republicans like oh General Mattis is sort of a Democrat right it's like come on man like you can't I hate I hate the fact that they call it a club right right? that both of these are are clubs right and both of these paintings Mm -hmm. I guess the the part of I guess what I I didn't quite get to it but yeah my 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 biggest my biggest critique right is that it's only showing republicans right yes why not a why not a um a table where we have the greatest pre- like what are people would you know the whoever mm-hmm. the artist was would see the greatest presidents because of of either party yeah because i can guarantee you harry truman mm-hmm. and dwight d eisenhower mm-hmm. have a lot more in common right than they would with richard nixon right or they would with ronald reagan
0: right also, I just had a thought that's interesting is I don't know if this is the only two paintings of these clubs, Democratic and Republic, but why would you have a painting made exactly the same as the Democratic one, but for just the well, Republican I think Party? I
1: think the key might be in the white shirt um with that right is that they're the new gu- they're obviously the new guys in the club right when this was painted obama was a new guy right in the democratic club trump is in the white shirt. yeah so he's there he's the new guy right right so like this is like his initiation yeah one thing i
0: also notice is if you look at all the presidents every single one of them unbuttoned collar mm-hmm. no tie trump is tightly buttoned and tie tie right up there
1: mm-hmm yeah, that's a good. Everyone's
0: loose and hanging out and chilling, but he's he's straight nice and tight. Yep. not drinking any alcohol. No, he's got to drink his soda, dude. Coke. <laughs> Obama's <laughs> got a beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I, same
0: thing. I mean, well, I guess no. These guys are pretty.
1: But there's also no. There's no in the button in colors the fl- in the background. I don't know. Can you see any? Is there any other? I wonder if like that—that's like, like Rutherford B. Hayes or something like, but not—he was a Hayes was a Republican, right? Like Chester A. Arthur, or somebody like in the back. That's mm-hmm. like you can kind of see some old timey guys. Like mm-hmm. you can't—you can kind of make them out, right? But like there's, oh huge, yeah, interesting. Um, there's a woman. Yeah. The, uh, that same Democrat. woman is in both. Is it? Yeah. Go back.
0: Whoa. Oh, she she's, is she's right there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That um, is cool, but
1: you can see, like, clearly, Louis, Louisius, Louis S. Grant is in the back, right there. Yeah. Whoa. Which it's interesting that he's in there, yeah, because his corruption, his his government. So you have <laughs> two of the most corrupt, right? Like, we'll we'll find out about Trump later on, right? right? But history has proven Nixon and U- Ulysses S. Grant are two of the most like crummy um crooked individuals right, right, to right. hold office right yeah ulysses S. grant did you know won the civil war by throwing you know countless of thousands of union bodies at the <laughs> confederates but um <laughs> the uh here you go <laughs> but uh yeah it's interesting that you have ethics violations right uh, being brought against the trump administration right. collusion c- and um other violations being constantly Levied against this current administration, and then you put Tricky Dick in the Ulysses S. Grant, whose mm-hmm. whose who's, um like own violations and his own corruption essentially created the the, the election of Rutherford, uh, eventually the Rutherford the election of Rutherford B. Hayes, mm-hmm. which led to the which uh, uh, led to a political bargaining that led to the, uh, the eventually ended up le- leading to the the early end of Reconstruction, which you could point to one of the major reasons why. The South is uh, um, how Jim Crow ended up being enacted. Right. Um. Anyway, it different, different, completely different. Right. Public. But it, it's it, it is interesting that you have two. Um, you have those two individuals uh, featured in that painting in this Republican Party. Yeah.
0: Um, I wasn't trying to throw you off or screw you over.
1: No, you're good. <laughs> it was just, um, it caught me off guard because I could still make my I could still make. My point. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: That's Um, why when you made that point, I showed you the other one. the The fact that they're all Republican, that point is still stands strong because in the other picture, it's all Democrat. And I think the point that you were making, as far as them not having each other or not recognizing greatness on the other side, Mm -hmm. to be sitting at a table with what you're—I don't know if Trump picked these guys, but what I'm saying is that if you're not going to sit at a table with something that you recognize as greatness, you're completely against having anyone from the other party. Yeah. I think that's the point you were getting at. Yeah. And I think that still stands. I think it's even stronger, the fact that Barack Obama has a painting with no Republicans. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like I said, I think it's weird that this painting by this painter did a painting for Barack Obama, and now there's one exactly the same for Donald Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's like it. It we. I've said this before, and I think you and I have both said this. But politics in the United States right now is a team sport. For sure. And there's nothing. I I think that there's nothing that shou- encapsulates that better mm-hmm. than these two paintings. Well,
0: and when I saw this painting, I asked you already, but I I, th- I felt like I wonder if Jake feels like this is kind of like he's not on our team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that you're looking at it as a team sport because yeah. I know that you're smarter than that, but I'm just thinking like. I mean in historically you do have to now recognize that that was a Republican president or somebody ran and identified as a Republican president.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I'm I guess I have to admit that he's a Republican. Right. Uh he obviously doesn't stand up for traditional values, mm-hmm. but the Republican part like the other the, I think was something that's been nagging at me for a while is that you know, I constantly say you know pol- politics you know political science is studying about how individuals interact within mm-hmm. institutions right mm-hmm. so the republican party is a is a, is, a, is an institution right and how you affect change is by becoming an actor within that within that institution yes and changing it from within right um trump and his supporters have done that yeah they've that's a they good point have changed the yeah. republican party from yeah. within it's fundamentally changed for it's sure now the party of trump republicanism is trumpism that's a good point point. and so like now i'm sitting here thinking well if this is what the definition of republican right what a republican is right like i don't identify with that yeah i mean i can guess i can still call myself a republican and then yeah. keep saying like well i'm not i'm not a i'm not a right. Trump. but if right. i want to say right. what i mean if i want to say what i mean right Right. like how can i deny how can i call myself a republican right but then deny what 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 trump is to the party
0: right do you think he's forever changed the game
1: no because because okay. look because look at this i mean look look how much ideological difference right there that's is what represented I, yeah. in this painting yeah but the Republican party will never be static okay um it'll change right i hope it goes back to being moderate
0: yeah that's what i'm wondering do you think it's forever changed to this type of ideals and policy making and it, it
1: will yeah it will if the democrats follow suit if the Democrats follow this, 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 um, the same, this same radicalism. Mm-hmm. And I think because that will force the Republicans in order to stay relevant right. in politics, right, that they have, they'll have to match Ooh, that intensity. And I think yeah. the Democrats are, are as of right now, mm-hmm. not quite falling into that, mm-hmm. but here's what happened to the Republicans, right? In 2000, in 2008, when they lost the house, they lost the Senate, they lost the presidency right? Um, after eight years of holding. You know, after Mm -hmm. eight years of you're holding the presidency, now you're left completely powerless with no voice and no seeming voice in politics. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, they won with this big wave, right? There's the big red wave into the Tea Party movement in 2010. You take back the House. Mm -hmm. You make gains in the Senate. Um, You can never quite get over the hump. You lose lose re-election bid in 2012 to to Obama. 2014, in the midterms, you don't take back the Senate. You're still Mm semi-marginalized. And how do you regain the presidency and how do you regain the senate right you get behind trump and you get behind populism right i fear that what's going to happen with the democrats mm-hmm. is that you your guess you'll make this big wave this big push mm-hmm. in next month mm-hmm. and they'll take back the house okay right? they're going to take back the house i okay. think even trump is like um has even like pretty much admitted that yeah but you're not going to win the senate okay you just you're not going to win the, the seats aren't up the okay. seats aren't there I think you're going to continue hit continue to hit brick walls, and don't be shocked if he wins reelection. Yeah, if Donald Trump wins reelection right. in 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 two years, mm-hmm. he's already raised a a uh, hundred million dollars. Oh my God. For his reelection campaign in two years, he's raised a hundred million dollars, and half of, <sighs> over half of that yeah. Jeff is small donors of two hundred dollars or less. Whoa! So the grassroots people are still in love with this guy. Yeah, and until the economy turns right, they're not going to give a shit about anything else. Right. So
0: that's a good point, And that's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, because what is, what is that? What is that more? What is that? That extra like 1% for each GDP buff in the short right. run that he's right. getting with his policies. Right. And that's what you're worth always arguing. Worth, worth in the yeah. long run. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I, th- but I think the Democrats will, I think they'll keep hitting this brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can't, Subvert this. They can't subvert this populism with mm-hmm. a, with a centrist message. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. they they have to go to that democratic socialist, yes, like populist yes. rhetoric right. to try to combat this Republican right. this Republican populism. And you're going to have just two populism, two populists, just basically screaming at each yeah. other with no clear no clear way of um, articulating an argument mm-hmm. or articulating how your crazy policies. Right. Are, Are feasible in the real world and sustainable in the real world but it's not going to matter because politics has become about emotions and feelings and screaming at each other in the streets in portland about all these different things all in one time and and draping yourself in the flag and Mm -hmm. other and other people burning the flag and using the flag for different political purposes but but just this is where we are
0: right i think you're right And I think what I see, because I do follow some right-wing personalities on the Internet. Yeah. And the one thing that they're constantly arguing is that um, beware of Democrats because they're, they're all socialists. And that's all they want. So even if you start to lean to that extreme or that radicalism, they're already prepared to shoot you down with these fear tactics of... Beware of the Democrats going too extreme. Mm -hmm. So even maybe some moderate will say, well, crap, we don't want that either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're already prepared to flip that and make that a fear tactic to attack the other side. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? I mean, do you stay on the course and try to play the game, you know, morally right? In quotes, you know what I mean? You're going to try to do the right thing. Or do you go to the extreme to try to win? Which is... I'm just reading I mean, what you're a, that's saying, a, but that's,
1: a, that's a that's a moral philosophy that every it's a moral conundrum that every individual is going to have to have with themselves, right? When you're seeing about the the future prospects of our of our poli- of our government of our country about the United States and the world as a whole, right? Because we've somehow managed to politicize climate change,
0: yeah, right? Yeah, we're done. Like, we're dead. We're all dead
1: if the un is to be believed which i don't see why you mm-hmm, wouldn't mm-hmm. believe it at least i mean maybe they're not 100% accurate right. but if that's if that report's 70% accurate right. we're effed right. by 2030 if we don't make some dramatic changes yes. and cooperate with this is not something that like climate change is not is is a truly global challenge right. because it takes the world working in yes. cooperation with each other yes and yes, these institutions aren't perfect and and Trump has been right at times to, to challenge some of these old existing norms that just aren't relevant Mm -hmm. anymore. And um, there are certain things where he's been right. Right. But how, how much is just all these half truths. Right. Right. Because it's, it's all, it's all still about self-interest. Right. right? And these institutions at their core are the, are the blueprint Mm -hmm. to getting to that global cooperation. Yes. And, we're not only are we tearing it down, but we're denying the science yeah. behind it. Like sure. we're we're, sc- we're screwed. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't even want to get into that because it's too devastating. It's too hard because it's just blinders. Nobody wants to listen. Everybody thinks that it's to push their political agenda. Everybody thinks that it's their way of winning, and everybody's liars. And don't worry, I'll bring back clean coal. It's
1: Holy <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, we're
0: we're all doomed.
1: So well, yeah. Well, I mean, you have if we manage to live this, if it somehow, okay, take out climate change right completely from the, okay, we're, we're yeah. We're, uh, this I'm just gonna and I'll just like get really quick with this. Okay. Even if you take climate change argument mm-hmm. out of f- green energy, okay. out of renewable resources, right. Um, sh- that revel that new that next revolution mm-hmm. and um, and, and uh, in, in energy in tech, in tech and yeah. energy, right? Is you're you have an economic self interest as your as a nation right. in the future to invest in that next to search for and invest in that next energy revolution right. because you know there has been three major energy changes, energy revolutions mm-hmm. throughout human history. Mm-hmm. Would would wood being used to input the energy but that was that wasn't necessarily renewable mm-hmm. britain completely ran itself out of trees right had to switch to coal mm-hmm. and who was at the who was at the what country was at the forefront of that energy revolution but then man, then managed to go and on and dominate the world for the better part of 200 years mm-hmm. the british empire right mm-hmm. who has been at the forefront of petroleum mm-hmm. hard being able to use petroleum like you know, oil and natural gas as an input to energy the mm-hmm. united states mm-hmm. right we're the net we're the world's largest net exporter right. of oil right and whoever is going whoever is at that forefront of that next energy mm-hmm. revolution mm-hmm. will lead the ec- will leave the world like ec- econ-, econ the world economically for the next two you know the next two centuries right right we we have a we have an obligation to our economy into our country to try to invest in this, so we can continue to lead. And and we're 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 failing behind. We're trying to re embrace old technology,
0: coal. Yeah,
1: coal. We're yeah. trying to. We're not only. We're not only trying to just reinvest in the fossil fuels. We're trying to go back one. Right, right. The coal.
0: <laughs> um, I saw this. Denmark just ran their entire country on 100% wind energy.
1: Exactly. In in Germany, mm-hmm. is is um in five years we'll have a complete. We'll have a complete electrical grid that can run their entire country. Wow! And we'll be completely off of fossil fuels.
0: Well, and well, so what I'm thinking about is like, you know, when you're when you're dominating the fossil fuel and you're that's your powerhouse that you've built yourself on. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's hard to let go of. That.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy. Obviously, right. it's easy it's it's easy to talk about on right. a podcast. Yes, um, but it's it's a it's a reality we have to face. For sure. For sure. And are the leaders who are supposed to, we elect to face those challenges are falling short.
0: Well, let's end with this. Yeah. Vote.
1: (laughs) Vote. And don't argue with dumb people.
0: Yes, that's a good point. They'll
1: drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. I think
0: you put that so well tonight. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if you see them, Cougs, you're smarter than that.
1: You're better than that. Don't fall into it. hold... Hold up the values of our institution mm-hmm. and our country within at with wi- when interacting with these people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're better than that. Yeah. We're better than this. We are. And show that. That's my message.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, Come out to the museum. If you have listened to this, I'll probably post about it. So if you're bored, come say hi. Come check it out. Um, Or go see Jake at work and say hi.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm cashiering now. Yeah, so so
0: he's the master of the till.
1: God. All right. All right, bye. Bye. That's all, folks.